persons that are in charge everywhere, the United States will not be the same for some time. But God said in Hebrews 13 and verse 8, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday and today and forever. So the unchanging Jesus Christ in a changing world. The Bible says here that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. As a way of introduction, time changes us. Moods change us. Circumstances change us. Sin changes us. But none of these affect Jesus Christ. The declaration of Hebrews 13.8 is talking about Jesus, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. When we look in Matthew chapter 1 and verse 21, Matthew chapter 1, and verse 21, And she shall bring forth a son, and thy shall call his name Jesus. For he shall save his people from their sins. I like that verse because I, don't, I won't have to pay for nobody else's sins. But Jesus paid for mine. Now, the reason I say that, that somebody gave me a track a couple weeks ago from, I forget what organization it was, that how important it was for mom and dad to be saved because until the children got at age, they were under the shelter of their parents. I'm telling you, I believe I had a nephew name is Rodney. He lives in Texas now. He made a profession of faith at five years old. And the leaders decided that he was too young to be baptized. He probably didn't know what he's doing. Rodney handled it well. He said, whether y'all will baptize me or not, I know I'm saved. I believe it's possible for a five-year-old to be saved. Don't think it's something that happens every day. She shall bring forth a son, and I shall call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people. Because if I knew now, if I knew then what I knew now, we would have never got married until both of us were saved. But you know how love is. It'll make everything look like it's facts. 
God doesn't go against his word whether you're lost, saved, or indifferent. His word is solid. It's right there. In the book of Philippians, turn with me, please. Philippians chapter 2, beginning with verse 5. He said, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. He never ceased to be God. And being found in the fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. I tell people when I read this verse, he was willing to die for me. Am I willing to live for him? Wherefore God also have highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name. It's why cold shields go down me every time I hear somebody take my Lord's name in vain. It's just a habit. Break that habit. You don't know him well enough, and if you did, you wouldn't take his name in vain. Then they look at you and say, well, everybody does it. I don't. That at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth. Notice here in verse 11. And that every tongue should confess that Jesus is Lord to the glory of God the Father. The name of Jesus. Every knee should bow. I've got several tapes by S.M. Lockridge, old black Baptist preacher. When he preaches that, he said, every knee is going to bow, the white knee, the black knee, the red knee, the yellow knee. Every knee is going to bow. Christ, the Messiah, Turn with me in the book of Acts. In Acts, the third chapter. Let's look at the third chapter of Acts. 
beginning with verse 13. And the God of Abraham and Isaac and of Jacob, the God of your fathers, have glorified his son Jesus, whom ye delivered up and denied him in the presence of Pilate when he was determined to let him go. But ye denied the Holy One and the just and desired a murderer to be granted unto you. And killed the prince of life whom God has raised from the dead whereof we are witness. And his name, through faith in his name, both made this man strong whom ye see And know, yea, the faith which is by him, faith given him, this perfect soundness in the presence of you all. And now, brother, I brought that through ignorance he did it, as did also your rulers. See, it's ignorance. Not to put God first in your life. Because when God gave me a sound mind, I confessed that I was a sinner and Jesus was my Savior. That's Bible, that's not my opinion. Said so now, brethren, I'm wroth that through ignorance ye did it. as did also your rulers. But those things which God before had showed by the mouth of all his prophets that Christ should suffer, he hath so fulfilled. He prophesied that his son would die with suffer for the sins of those that he had elected. And God has also prophesied that you're going to give an account for every idle word, for every sin you've ever committed. So what does God say? He said, because of what I've just read, he said, repent ye therefore and be converted Repent, change your mind about what you are and receive what you can be in Christ. You know, you go to the bank, you've got a $100 bill and you need some change, you know. Well, change this. Repent. Have a change of mind of what you are and who God is. That your sins may be blotted out. You know, I've been going, going through boxes of old sermons, you know. Used to write them out, you know. 
right of Alvin number two lid, and over the years they'll be in a basement here and a basement there. Little Barley can read them. But God's word is the same. The message is the same. Because he is God and he changes not. Amen. You know, I go rabbit hunting every once in a while, as preachers call it, and, and I said, you know, Christians shouldn't dress the way some Christians dress. Christians shouldn't talk sometimes the way Christians talk. You've been converted. You've been changed. God said, repent ye. Therefore, and be converted that your sins may be blotted out. God will remember them no more. To you, I'm a sinner. To God, I am a saved one of his elect. He's paid for all my past sins. He's paid for my present sins. And he's paid for if I sin in the future. Now, what kind of guarantee can beat that? That's why you can set up and say, I am eternally saved. Once saved, always saved. But the only way you can get that stamped in glory is that you have asked Jesus Christ to do for you what you can never do for yourself. Jesus Christ is. Let's go back to the beginning. Genesis 1.1. In the beginning God created the heaven and the earth. Now notice verse 2. The earth was without form and void and darkness was upon the face of the deep and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. Now, that water would have never moved, would have never changed if God had not moved upon it. Steve Hampton would still be a depraved sinner this morning if God hadn't moved upon his heart. So he, the earth was without form, void, darkness was upon the face of the earth, of the deep, and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. And God said, let there be light, and there was light. And God saw the light that it was good. And God divided the light from the darkness. I smile every time they change the time twice a year. I think that's the funniest thing that men do. God knows exactly how much light going to be tomorrow, whether they fool with the clock or not. It's changing the clock 
so the sinners should have more light to sin or more darkness to hide it in. I'm not sure what the reason was, but God knows exactly how many seconds of light and darkness each day has. And God called the light day. And the darkness he called night. And the evening and the morning were the first day. And God said, let there be a firmament in the midst of the waters and let it be divided and let it divide the waters from the water. And God made the firmament, divided the waters which were under the firmament from the waters which were above the firmament and it was so. When you read this, you see a almighty God. And when he got finished, God said, it's good. And nobody didn't say a word. Because there was nobody there. So everything that we see, every child, <laughs> you know, a friend of mine called me and said, remember my wife, we're going to have a baby. We weren't ready for the baby, but God was. God was. And God is going to choose that child to be born to you as parents. Now you've got a responsibility to raise that child under the direction of God. Because that baby don't belong to either one of you. It belongs to God. God is in charge of my life. Well, we go from Genesis 1 to John 1 1. And it says that in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And he goes on to say, you know, that it's the same yesterday, today, and forever. I think it's blasphemy. This is my personal opinion. You don't like it. You just erase it. I don't think man has the right to change what God gave us. That's why I'm so against all of these perverted versions. But Brother Vance, they're so easy to read. I don't care how easy it is. If you got any understanding of that word, it was God that gave you the understanding. But it wasn't in the message. 
But John 1, 1 said, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Now, let's, just for fun, he said, the Word was God. You're going to change God? Let's see it again. The Word was God. In other words, when you look up something that you're trying to prove wrong so you don't have to do it or don't have to agree with it so you can be right for something, God's word doesn't change. You're zero and God's everything. And God took nothing and made something out of it. What did he make light when he said, let there be light? What did he make it out of? I took a class under Dr. Mills over to Georgetown College when I was first saved, the first year. I left after the first semester because he tried to convince the class that it wasn't very big, but that's what it was made out of, and then it grew. And it, No, it, it wasn't nothing there. God said, let there be light, and there was light. There wasn't nothing there. So I read all this and say all that. I don't care how low you think you are, how, how bad you think you are, God takes nothing and he makes something out of it. The immutability of Jesus Christ. You know what? Immutability is a characteristic of God's nature which means that he does not change his basic nature. This lady is not the only lady in our church that I love and respect greatly. But I respect this lady over here. When she talks, I listen. But I know that she's a sinner. Capable of anything at any given moment. See, the characteristics of God's nature, which means that he does not change in his basic nature. So, see, there's two. There's the good side and the bad side. And sometimes the bad side controls the good side. But you can always tell when a person is saved when they yield to that bad side or that dark side, it bothers them. But they're not happy with themselves. They don't use the excuse that some Christians have told me. Well, Pastor, you know, I'm sure all the members have done this at one time or another. Does that really make you feel better because 
you realize that you're not the only one that did something? We need to understand the immutability of his teaching. Matthew 24, verse 35 says, Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word, word shall not pass away. You know why his word shall not pass away? The word became flesh and dwelt among us. What Jesus Christ would, would, would tell me if he was here would not be any different at all than what I would find here in his word. John chapter 8, verse 58. Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Before Abraham was, I am. Notice, he didn't say I was. But that professor told me, he said, see, when he said, Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, before Abraham was, should have been I was. No, that wouldn't make him a sinner. Before Abraham was, he said, I am. He was before the earth. He was before Abraham. He was before me. He was before everything. Because you go to Genesis and that's why they want to do away with the first three chapters of Genesis. Then God is something evolved. Now, he's God. He never changes. Go back as far as you can. Before that ever happened, God said, I am. That's why that on occasion when somebody gets aggravated because I knocked on the door and, you know, and they'll say, who sent you? The great I am sent me. Who called you to preach? The great I am. Who saved you? The great I am. That God that never changes has never made a mistake. So when you get thinking about, well, you know, God really doesn't know, you know, about how bad I am or, you know, how I am. Yes, he does. What you need to do is do a character study of some of the people that God used most effectively. It'll blow your mind. He, he saved drunks, alcoholics, liars, adulterers, and he called some of them to preach. He put some of them in the office. So that, that blows that out of the water. I'm too bad to be saved. Amen. Are you dead? Well, of course not, preacher. You know I'm, I'm alive then God will save you if you want to be saved. Revelation 1.8 said, I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, said the Lord, which is, which, what, which is to come. See, when he said, I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning, whenever the beginning was, he was there. Whenever the end comes, he'll still be there. 
unit, the immutability of his person, the immutability of Jesus Christ is exemplified in his person. Jesus Christ is not only a master, a revealer, but he's also a revelation. I've probably studied and outlined the book of Revelation more than any other book. But when you get in the Revelation, and you'll say, you know, the revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave unto him to show unto the servants things which must shortly come to pass, and he sent and signified it by his angel unto the servant John. And, you know, he really found something precious about John. Matter of fact, he said, I love John most because then he told his other disciples because John loved me most. I've heard people say, and I'm not going to, you know, want to start an argument in, in church, but I love all my children the same. I love all my grandchildren the same. And I'd say, no, you don't. You love all of them. You think that I have been in one of my grandchildren's life for 24 years. Every time she's had a birthday, every time she played a ball game, every time she... When she gets upset, who does she come to? Pepaw. I've sat up to one or two or three o'clock in the morning, listen to the same thing over and over and over and over and over and over. Why? Because I love her and she loves me. But there's others that don't trust me enough to tell a secret. Well, you think Pepaw ain't going to tell mom and dad? You know he will. But that one grandchild knows that when I say I won't, I won't. But she also knows if she tells me something to put her life in danger, I'm going to be on it like white on rice. Because that's what life does. That's what love does. Jesus loved John. Not with a fellow love. with that love that comes from the heart. Fellow love is, is, I love that girl. Man, did you see how pretty she was? Ooh, look at her. That's not love, that's lust. That means that when that wife or that husband gets old and grumpy and can't see and can't hear, you still love them. You don't try to pretend you're something you're not. Go out and find something you couldn't handle if you tied it down. I'm preaching. I'm not finished yet. You still have time to stop at McDonald's. God said in Hebrews 12 too, listen to me. He also said, look at me. Not only did he say, believe my words, he said, believe in me, Matthew 18, 6. In the person of Jesus Christ, there are 
in unity, the Son of God and the Son of Man, the visible image of the invisible God. I want my children and I want my grandchildren to see Christ in me. How are you going to handle this? You ought to ask one question. What would Jesus do? How would he handle that? 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 21, set forth here unto where he called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that he should follow his steps. The who of yesterday and today and forever. See, the world changes, we change, but Jesus Christ is trustworthy, reliable, for he never changes. He never changes. And let me tell you, the only Christ that some of your grandchildren and great-grandchildren will ever see is you. Make sure you give them a look of Christ in your life. And no, Christ did not approve of everything just because he loved us. He ran them right out of the temple. They were gambling. God said, get out of God's house. Ran those money changers right out. See, this is a holy place. Every member, Arthur, realized you're in the presence of royalty. And that royalty is not your pastor. It's who he represents. Salute and pianist come.